Welcome to your moment of growth. Welcome to your season of grace. Your decision to listen to God's servant is an action for absolute acceleration. Buckle up, tighten your seatbelt, and get set to learn Christ and develop your spirit as you listen to God's emissary for transformation, a steward and a custodian of divine mysteries, Pastor Olale Erosiji. We call you blessed. Hallelujah. Like we welcome you to church this morning. This is church. Yes, yes. Your home right now is church. Hallelujah! And it's so wonderful to be to be in your home today. We're so glad to to um, that are joining us. Those who are joining through Facebook, thank you very much for joining. You know, it's always nice to to, to see the video live. It's always nicer to be in the house live. <laughs> Do that. Sorry that you cannot be in the house right now. We believe as we confess. That COVID nineteen has come to an end in the name of Amen. Jesus. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, you know, in the school of faith, we don't wait for, we don't wait to see, to see that thing. You see, we are not moved by what we see. Faith is not by our feelings. Faith is by what we believe. We believe that COVID nineteen has not come to stay. We believe that COVID nineteen end has come in the name of Jesus. Amen. It's the Lord. Hallelujah. Welcome you those who have joined the mix last world too. We are so glad to have you around. Thank you very much for joining the audio broadcast. I believe that you are going to be richly blessed in the name of Jesus. Amen. And I believe that these words, as you hear them over and over and over again, they will do your life a lot of good in the name of Jesus. Amen. Once again, the month of grace and growth, of good and grace. Anyway, anyway, you want to put it. And we believe that this month you are experiencing growth in your career, in your family, in every facet of your life in the name of Jesus. Amen. You are experiencing growth in, in, in your health, not Amen. unwanted growth, but the right growth in the spirit. You are, you are experiencing spiritual growth. You are experiencing growth in your skin and your back in the name of Jesus. Amen. And you are going to experience this by grace in the name of Jesus. Two weeks ago we began a series. It was titled, or it's titled, This Thing Called Grace. This thing called it has been a very very lovely series, and thank you very much for joining us once again. We're going to be taking you on the on the on the third phase of the journey, like like we posted on Facebook yesterday, and we have been watching other series. This is one series you should not miss. If you have been watching other season movies, this is one season movie you should not miss, and this is the third episode of the movie, and it's not too late for you to join. If you are joining for the first time today, I'm going to do a, a brief recap, and then we're going to go straight into what we have for us today. Amen, Jesus. And we have said over and over and over and over again that grace remains one of the most misused, one of the most used, and one of the most abused concepts um, or words in the, in, the, in the body of Christ today, or among believers today. And we also saw that grace is one of the most, is one of the most important words that is mentioned in the New Testament. Grace is the core, is the core theme of, the, of Christianity. We saw that um, one or twenty times the word grace was seen in the Bible, and then out of the one at 70 times, there are only 37 times in the Old Testament. One at 31 times, a whopping one, three, one times, we saw the word grace appear in the New Testament. And only few of it appeared in the Synoptic Gospel, four times in the, in the Gospel, um, 11 times in the Act of Apostles. And to what is written to us from Paul, from Peter, from Jesus, and all of that, we have a whopping 116 times that the word grace appeared. So it's so imperative for, for, for us to understand that the word grace is a very, very important thing to the body of Christ and in the body of Christ. I someone say amen to that. Amen. That if you remove grace from Christianity, it is simply saying that you have a mere grace without God in it. Yes, if you remove grace from Christianity, it is a mere grace without God in it. 
And so we also look at the law of first mention. The first time the word grace um, um, showed in the Bible was when God was angry, <coughs> or God was, was sorry, or God was, was wondering that I have made man and me, man, man is just messing up. And then in James chapter 6 verse 8, the Bible says that was a man, Noah, found grace in the height of the Lord. May you find grace and enjoy grace every day of your life in the name Amen. of Jesus. God's grace is yours in the name of Amen. Jesus. Amen. And so, and so, and so, and so, last week we did more. Last week we looked at what grace is. And the first thing that we saw was that grace is divine exemption from what is normal. We looked at about ten of them. I'm going to show you just five of them today because of our time. Grace is divine exemption from what is normal. Divine exemption from what is normal. People are having coronavirus. Mistakenly, you moved among them. But yes, it's not going to come to you. That is grace. Amen. Amen. That is what grace can do. That is what grace can do. You see, in the land, this morning I was praying and then, and then the Lord opened my eyes to see that in the land of Egypt there was plague. There was, there was several plague. In the same land of Egypt, the children of Israel were dwelling there. And the plague could not touch them. Look at that. The plague could not touch them. The plague of coronavirus will not touch you in the name of Jesus. Amen. I declare once again, the plague of coronavirus will not touch you in the name Amen. of Jesus. Amen to Jesus. Why? Because grace is working for you. When grace is working for a man, the man is divinely exempted. Amen to Jesus. Second, we saw that, very, very important, we saw that grace is love on display. Why did God love Israel? When only three out of three million people were, were, were the ones that believed in God or took God serious or, or had faith in what God had said. Only three of them. But God still showed love to them. God still showed love to them. So we said to ourselves that the moment you are able to explain love, it is no longer love. The moment you are able to say that this is the reason why I love this and love that, it's no longer love. Love is not, is not because of. Love is in spite of. Amen to Jesus. Amen. We, saw, we, saw, we saw that. We saw what Jacob did in Genesis 29 verse 20. That Jacob served for seven years for Rachel, but it was given Leah. And Jacob said that I will serve for seven more years because I want Rachel. And that is how God is. He served for seven years and the Bible says that the seven years were just like some few days in his eyes. So, 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 when grace is at work, love is on display. And this time around, it is God's love channeled into our life. And someone say amen to that as well. Amen. The third one uh, I, I want to show to us is that grace is that extra thing upon an ordinary man that makes him extraordinary. An ordinary man, there is an extra thing upon him and that makes him extraordinary. We also saw that grace is unmerited favor, grace is undeserved kindness, grace is unexplainable charm that makes a man thrive when others are striving. In this season, that they are saying that it, it, it won't be just a recession but depression. I declare in the name of Jesus. Yours is elevation in the name of Jesus. Amen. When all that are striving, you are striving. Amen. In the name of Jesus. We also saw, we also saw I, want, I want to show you another one, that grace is God's qualification model that no man, no man can explain, no man can understand, no man can grasp, grasp it. He cannot explain it. Grace is not something you, you qualify for. Grace is God's model for qualifying you. Amen. Amen. So if God qualifies you by grace, nothing and no one can disqualify you from grace. Amen. So grace is, grace is what God uses to measure up one into a level that the man cannot, by his ability, by his effort, measure up into. That, that is what grace is. So we said that last week, in short, grace is God in the race of a man. Grace is God in the race of a man. So, if grace became equated with merit, it's no longer grace. We saw the sixth one, that grace is divine influence upon the heart, upon the heart of a man, and it begins to radiate, it begins to reflect in his life. Amen to Jesus. So, let's go straight into today's, um, uh, today's teaching. I'm gonna, I want to show you grace in the eyes of the New Testament. How many of you are ready to see that? Yeah. Praise the God. So, grace in the eyes of the New Testament. Now, 
Um, I don't do this, but, let, let, but I said to do it today. Let's see the first time that grace was mentioned in the New Testament. The law of first mention. Luke chapter 2 verse 40. Luke chapter 2 and verse 40. The Bible says that, And the child, Jesus, grew and walked strong in the spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. The grace of God was upon Jesus. So the first time the word grace was mentioned in the New Testament, it was actually talking about Jesus. So in the New Testament, Jesus is the definition of grace. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. In the New Covenant, Jesus is the explanation of grace. Take Jesus out of grace. Take grace out of Jesus. You do not have grace at all. You do not have Jesus at all. So Jesus and grace are Siami strings. They, they, they work together. They are, for, for, for some Siami strings, they have been separated. For some, they can be separated. But Jesus, this one can never be separated. Jesus and grace, they are one. And I'm going to show you more and more and more of that. Just chapter 1 verse 12. Just chapter 1 verse 12. The Bible says that, But as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And not only that, let's go to verse 13. Verse 13 says that, that which were born not of the of blood, not of the will of the flesh, not of the will of man, they are born of God. I'm going somewhere. This is where I'm going to, but let, let's move further. So those who receive Jesus, they have been given the power to become sons of God. They have become they, they, they have been given the power to become as Jesus is exactly. Amen to Jesus for that. Amen. He says, but as many. Let's look at verse 14. Verse 14. Verse 14. So let's look at Jesus. And the word became was made flesh and, and, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Now the characteristics of the only begotten of the Father. But now it's not it's no more the only begotten of the Father. Here he was the only begotten of the Father. As many as received him has also become the begotten of the Father. So all of us have become the begotten of the Father. So let's look at the character of the begotten of the Father, which is Jesus, as as as, as the prototype, or as the firstborn, or as the first seed. Says that he was what full of what grace and truth. Jesus was full of grace and truth. Jesus is full of grace. Now the, the word "full" is, is to me is, is like one of the most important words here. The word "full" is from the Greek word "plevis," and let me explain what "plevis" means. P L E R E S. It means that to be covered in every part. So grace covers Jesus in every part. Jesus was full of grace and truth, meaning that if you see Jesus, what you see is not the man. What you see is grace. Now, it was covered in grace and truth, and what I want to say is to be completely permeated by, to be completely engulfed by, to be completely infiltrated by. So, inside of him, outside of him, is a phenomenon called grace. Jesus. 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 He said, another word for pledge is to be complete. Jesus was complete in grace. He was complete in grace. The, 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 the entirety of, 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 of God's grace was lavished. On Jesus, not a part of it. The entirety of God's grace was lavished on Jesus. Now, I wonder what for plebis is to be lacking nothing in, in an area. So, in the area of grace, Jesus was not lacking anything. If grace was 100%, Jesus did not add 99, he had 100 over 100%. So, so, Jesus was perfected with grace. Jesus was perfected with truth. Now, what about the believer? The Bible now says in verse 15, let's move forward, please. Verse 15, 16, I'm going to read. Now, say, John, now, John came to bear witness of him. That was John the Baptist. Saying, This was he of whom I speak. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. Now, verse 16. Verse 16. And of his fullness. And of his fullness. Can someone say, And of his fullness. And of his fullness. Now, now, he was full of, or, or he is full of grace and truth. So, and of that fullness have we all received. What? 
and grace for grace. That means that if you need grace for finances, of its fullness, you can collect. Now, after finances, if you now need grace for spiritual growth, of its fullness, you can collect. And upon that, if you now need grace to swim in divine health, and of its fullness, you can collect. So, in the New Testament, Jesus is the explanation, Jesus is the definition, Jesus is the amplification, Jesus is the symbol of grace. Jesus is the icon of grace. Meaning that if I have a system right now, and I want, to, I, I, I want to operate Microsoft Word, I click on the icon. The icon is not Microsoft Word. The icon takes me into Microsoft Word. So if I want to enjoy grace right now, what do I do? I just click on Jesus. And then I have grace. And someone says, glory to God for you. Hallelujah. So the word fullness there means from the abundance of it. Is that Jesus was abounding in grace. And of his grace as we all received. So this time around, God is not selecting people to have mercy upon. God is not selecting those who... Now, God now has a qualification model for grace. And the qualification model is as many as receive it. As many as believe in Him. They can begin to swim in grace. Upon grace. And upon grace. And upon grace. Hallelujah to Jesus. Another person explains here that, that God's grace is the generosity of God inside out. That generosity was lavished upon Jesus. And then we, we, we hold. It's not, it's not some of us. Some people think that some people can enjoy grace and some cannot enjoy grace. No, you see that. And we hold. We all receive grace for grace. Hallelujah. So Jesus is not only the explanation and the definition and the symbol of grace. Jesus is also the qualification and the requirement of grace in the New Testament. So through Jesus, we are qualified for grace. Through Jesus, we, are, we, are, we have the requirements that we have for grace. Let's look at verse 17. I love verse 17. Verse 17 is a very, very powerful one. Look at verse 17. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Let me explain what, he, what he's saying here to you. He's saying to you that, now, I'm going this way for the law, for the law was given by Moses. When you hear the word both, there is a, a, a U-turn. So a U-turn and say that both grace came by Jesus Christ. What does it mean? The law was given by Moses. It means that there is something that was working at the point, but something higher came. When that something higher came, we are no longer under the first one again. We moved into a different level entirely. We are no longer working in that, in that regard. I saw a version in the Bible yesterday that says that, that the basics about God came by Moses. Just the basic, just the fundamental. You cannot learn God under law. You cannot understand God in the law. You cannot know God through the law. You don't be trying to do, 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 and then please God by that. You cannot know God. You cannot have a divine relationship with God by the law. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot, you see, you cannot know me as, as, as a father by obeying my commandment. No. How do you know me as a father? By a relationship with me. By enjoying what I have for him. My employee cannot know me like my son. Except I'm not a good father at all. My employee will do everything possible to please me. But my son, he does not need to please me. I am already pleased with him. God looked at Jesus without even doing one miracle. He said, this is my beloved son, who I am well pleased. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. So the law is just big. The law is infant. The law is like little or nothing about God. But guess what? Grace is a view deal. Grace is a truth about the personality of God. Amen. So Jesus brought grace. Jesus did not bring the law. 
Jesus is grace. Jesus is not the law. Jesus talks more about grace. Jesus does not focus on the law. Amen to Jesus. Amen. Amen. So Christianity is not about following a set of rules and regulations. Christianity is not about following, following some dogma and some dogmatic stuff. Christianity is not, about, it's not about living by some level of code and conduct. I'm not saying that Christians should just live anyhow. No, I want to get into that shortly. Christianity is not about following laws and regulation. Christianity is about enjoying the grace and the generosity of God that has been revealed in and by Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, through Christ Jesus, we understand God. And understanding God through Christ Jesus, what did we see? We didn't see a man, we saw grace. We didn't see love, we saw grace. We didn't see a struggle, we saw grace. And so our life should be, should be, should be personified, our life should be reflected on the platform of grace. May grace, may grace ravish your life. May grace furnish your life. Amen. May grace be all that we see when we see you. Amen. Not struggle in the name of Jesus. Amen. Grace has come to you. Amen. And grace is yours in the name of Jesus. Amen. So when you will say that, ah, all these grace, grace, grace people, <laughs> you see, Jesus himself said that he has come to, to, to establish the law. You know, I don't like to argue with, with, with just mere words. I like to, I like to argue with people based on what the word says. Matthew 5 verse 17, let's look at what the word says about this. You know, people talk about it a lot. And then, people do not give themselves enough to, enough to the study of the word of God. They just assume, and then, and then they just begin to shout all about, all about the place, of, that, that, based on the assumption of the word, or based on, based on what they know. Now, understand this also, that the word of God was not written originally in English. Because English is limited. Now, the word of God, um, um, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, while the New was written in Greek. And so, for you to understand it very well, Understand that English, in a way, is limited in, in explaining certain things. For example, your language is very, very thick and very spiritual. If I say that, if I say that, um, I like to say this in church, let me say it to you now. If I say that, oh, yeah, Ibobila. how do you explain that in English? He said, he said it's big. Does that explain what I'm saying? Oh, he said it's very heavy and, and looks big. You cannot see it because, because language is not just about what is spoken. Language is about what is internalized. So, so, so we have to go into the Greek and explain all of this. You see that? Think not that I have come to destroy the law or the prophet. I am not come to destroy, but I have come to fulfill. So, see that? Huh? You see now, Jesus also endured the law. Jesus wants us obey the law and all of that. Now, that is not what he's saying here. It will do you a lot of good if you go and check what the word fulfill means. The word fulfill here, it means to satisfy. So, Jesus came to satisfy the demands of the law. So that we will not be under the law anymore. As believers. Also, the word fulfill here means to perfect. So Jesus came to perfect the law. The word fulfill here means to amplify, such that after amplifying, you will not be able to measure up to it. How did they amplify it? He said that they have told you that you should not kill. Therefore, if you think about if you talk of, if, 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 if you if you slander your neighbor, you have killed your neighbor. So, so that is synonymous to murder. So, mother in, 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 in the sight of Jesus is not you taking knife and doing the, doing the killing or taking the gun and killing. Say so that, that, that adultery in this regard is not you having sex with someone skin to skin. Say, so if you think it in your heart, you are done it already. So, who can measure up? So, Jesus did not only come to amplify the law, he also came to accomplish it. So, in accomplishing it, we are not subjected to those rules anymore. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. The word fulfilled here means to complete. 
has come to complete the law. I've come to complete the law. Completing it means that you have no part in it anymore. Now, the word fulfill here, two more words for the word fulfill here. This will shock you. The word fulfill also means to end. I've not come to destroy it. I've come to put an end to it. The word fulfill here, the last one, it means to expire. It means to expire. If you, if you doubt me, go, 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 go and do your research about this. So Jesus came to inspire the law. And you know, you know, in our church we have learned that we do not build doctrine on one verse of the Bible. So I can show you other things in the Bible that explains it as well too. Let me show you, let me show you Romans chapter 10 verse 4. Romans 10 verse 4. Look at this. Say for Christ is the end of the law. Am I, am I, am I making sense what, what I was saying before now? Say, but Christ is the end of the law for what? For righteousness. To everyone that believes. So as long as you believe in Jesus. As long as you believe in Jesus. Christ is the end of the law. As you guide your life. So, so, so in you becoming righteous. In God being pleased with you. Christ is the end of the law. Can someone say amen to that? Amen. So Christ came to end the law. Christ came to expire the law. He didn't come to destroy the law. Hallelujah. Amen. Also. First Timothy, first Timothy 1 verse 9 and 10. This one will shock you very well. It will shock you very well. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man. But for the lawless. In Christ you have become righteous. So the law is made for us. But for the lawless and disobedient and the ungodly and for sinners and the unholy and profane for murderers of fathers and mothers of mothers for manslayers for sin, for, for woman girls, for them that defy themselves with, with mankind. Go back to verse 10 please. For men feelers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, as long as it is contrary to sound doctrine, then the law is made for you. So for me, the law is not made for me. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me give you. Let me give you a few more. Galatians two verse one. Now this one, when I was going there, I used to be that if you sin, you are frustrating God's peace upon your life. I was like, ah, it's true, it's true. I'm not saying people should sin. I'm, I don't endorse sin. I'm not the, I'm not the servant of sin. I'm not, I'm not the messenger of sin. But please, let's take God's word for what it is. He says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. Please read by context. Now, this is a semicolon here to explain it. What it means for the for the for his righteousness come by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. So, how do I frustrate God's grace? I frustrate God's grace by trying to be righteous through the law. So if I become righteous by the law, then Jesus said that in vain. Amen. Amen. <laughs> let me give you, let me give you other versions. Give me NIV, please. NIV, NIV version. New, New International Version. Look at this. I do not set aside the grace of God. Hey, let's put grace aside and, and, and face the truth. Let's put you cannot put grace aside. Grace is the main thing. For a believer, grace is not aside. Grace is the cutting. For if righteousness could be gained through the law, then Christ died in vain. Give me another version, please. Give me, give me, give me a message version, please. Message version. Message version. I am not going to back on this. Can, can, can you move for that? Okay. Can you, can you go back to, to verse 20, please? Okay. Okay, now. The life you see me living is not mine, but it is lived by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave it for me. But 2 verse 21. I'm not going to back on this. 2 verse 1, please. 
Okay, no. Let, let, let's use Amplified, please. Amplified Bible. Amplified Bible. Now, therefore, I do not treat God's gracious gift as something of minor importance. And defeat is very purpose. I do not set aside and invalidate and frustrate and nullify the grace of mighty people of God. For if justification, righteousness, acquittal from guilt comes through observing the ritual of the law, then Christ, the Messiah, died groundlessly and to no purpose and in vain, his death was then wholly superficial. Now, so if, if, if now the, the, the death of Jesus exempted us from the law and took us away from the law forever, can someone say amen to that? Amen. What a great deliverance we have. Yes. What a great deliverance we have to the death of Jesus Christ. Let me give you another one. Galatians 5 verse 4. Say Christ is become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are falling for grace from grace. So the moment you seek to be justified by the law, the Bible says that you are falling from, from grace. You saw what the Bible says in first Corinthians nineteen. It says that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses on them. Unto them, not counting their sins against them anymore. You see, God does not have issues with sin anymore. What does God have issues with? God has issues with you not believing in Jesus. God has uh, God has issues with you still trying to attain righteousness by your own efforts. Can someone say amen to Jesus? Amen. So we are talking about grace today. Let's understand that we receive, we receive, we receive. Uh, we have come, we have received grace, and we are no longer under the law. Can someone say amen to that? As amen. Well? Now I want to show you something interesting before before we do the roundup today in this in this in this um, third edition of um of um this thing called grace. Now understand that salvation and grace are very very connected. Salvation salvation came by grace. That's not the that's not the interesting part. Grace also came by salvation. <laughs> salvation came by grace. Grace also came by salvation. Ephesians chapter two verse five. Ephesians verse five. Let's look at this. So, even when we were dead in sin, He has quickened us together with Christ. For now, by grace you were saved. So we became saved by what? If there was no grace, salvation would never have existed. Let's move forward. Verse 6. And he has raised us up together and made us to sit in every place in Christ. So this, the grace of God is what raised us from our sins. Oh God. The grace is too much. It's too powerful. The, the grace raised us up from our sins. When Christ was being raised us from the dead, we are also being raised up from our sins. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 7, please. Verse 7. Verse 7. That in the ages to come, he might show he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. Verse 8, please. For by grace, again, see, repetition is one of that impression. So for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourself, it is a gift of God. Hallelujah to Jesus. Verse 9. Verse 9. Verse 9. Verse 9. Not of works, less any man should boast. So we are saved by grace. Salvation came via grace. Grace brought salvation to us. We also came to understand that grace also come via salvation. So, in the first place, before salvation came, grace was available. Grace brought salvation. Without grace, salvation will not come. Also, salvation now brought grace. The moment a man is saved, that man, that man begins to walk in grace. Do you understand that? Let me, let me show you First Peter chapter 1 verse 10. Put down verse 10. 
of which salvation on the prophet, of which salvation the prophet have inquired and searched diligently. Can you imagine? In the old covenant, the prophet was searching about salvation diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. So they were, they were searching about salvation, and when they were searching, what did they found? They found grace. So a man that is born again is a man carrying grace. Ooh, hallelujah. Verse 11, please. 11, please. Searching what? Or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify? When he testified beforehand the suffering of Christ and the glory that should follow. Now, let me ask you a question. Now, the suffering of Christ. Excuse me, please. Now, the glory that is to follow, the glory that is to follow, is what? Look at context. The suffering of Christ. Amen. Amen. The suffering of Christ produced something. Produced glory. Right? What was the glory? The glory was grace. The grace of God is the glory that follows the suffering of Christ. So now, so now, we, we, that were nobodies, we can partake. We can partake of the grace of Christ. We can partake of the fullness of God. We can partake of, of what Christ is. As believers, we now begin to walk in what Christ is. We know what, what Christ was walking or what Christ is walking in right now. Hallelujah. Restore, restore, please. Unto whom it was revealed that not unto, unto themselves, but unto they, these minister the things, which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Spirit sent down from heaven which things the angels desire this thing that we're talking about the angels are designed to look upon it they're designed to grasp what, what the believer has in, in Christ Jesus mm-hmm. give me verse 13 this, 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 this thing. now this is what the believer must do believer this is what you must do look at this wherefore guide up your loins of your mind you see it's saying that believer take this great thing serious you see let this great thing co- Control your entire destiny. Is it, is it that like a belt, like a belt? Guide your life, guide your loins, guide your mind with this grace. Is it be sober and and up to the hand for the grace that is brought unto you as the revelation of Christ. So now, as believers, understand this. Let me say this very, very carefully to you. You do not live by the grace, like by the grace model that was given to them in the old covenant. The heart. That pastor has grace who people don't have. No. No. What we live by is grace. Now look at this piece. It says, to the end for the grace that is that is to be brought unto you at the word, revelation of Jesus. So the revelation of Jesus Christ, understanding what Jesus did, is what produced grace for the believer today. Glory to God. You see, the more you see Jesus, the more you see what Jesus did, the more you understand, the more, the more what Christ is, what Christ is revealed to you, the more of grace you enjoy in your life. Oh, glory to God. I wish you can understand this more and more. I wish I can explain this to you in the best of ways. But I'm, I'm, I'm really, really trying. I'm really, really trying. Grace is Christ. Christ is grace. So the more of Christ you see in the new covenant, the more of grace you enjoy. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. So grace makes us sin, Abby. We should just start sinning because we are, we are enjoying grace. No. No. We are not lawless people. We are not lawless people. Look at Titus chapter 2 verse 11. Titus 2 verse 11. Look at this. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto to all men. Verse 12, please. Verse 12. Verse 12. Teaching all the what? Denying ungodliness. So, grace teaches us to what? To deny ungodliness and worldly loss. We should live so by God. This one is not even interesting. Give me NIV version. NIV, please, from verse 11. 
For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Please, verse 12. Let's read together. Verse 12. One, two, three, go. It seems to say what? No to ungodliness and worldly passion, and to live self-control, upright, and godly life in this present age. So the grace of God teaches us. It gives us the enablement to live above sin. Grace helps us to live above sin, not, not to live in sin. Yes, so stop telling us what is not. Grace helps us to live above sin. Let me give you the last version. Yes, I want to give you. Remember chapter 3, verse 24. I'm going to round up here. It says, look at this one. Let's shout this together. One minute go. Jesus is found free by grace. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. How are we justified? By grace. So, grace. How did you receive grace? Freely. We are justified freely by his grace. By the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Can you say thank you, Jesus? Thank you, Jesus. So, the believer today can begin to say, based on what we said last week, our confession, he can say, Grace. On my life, oil on my head, speed on my feet, increase in my life. Come Grace on my life, oil on my head, speed on my feet, increase in my head. Grace on my life, oil on my head, speed on my feet. Increase in my life. Can you shout glory to God? Can you say, can you say with me? I am highly favored. I am, I am greatly blessed. I am deeply loved. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Once again, thank you very much for allowing us to come into your home. We believe that you have been tremendously, tremendously, tremendously blessed by the word today. We can't wait for the fruits that you will bear upward with the word that has taken root deeply and downward into your spirit man. We are the kings of the youth expression of the first Red gospel church of William Gege, Lagos, Nigeria. Join us every Sunday, 8 a.m. at 5456 Old Butter Road, Lagos, Lagos, and every Thursday on Mixler.com slash Kingsdown. We are 100% Jesus, no additives. We celebrate you.